Hello, working people of Southwest Washington. You're listening to episode 32 of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by the Vancouver Firefighters, International Association of Firefighters Local 452. We're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network with over 150 radio shows and podcasts for working people just like you. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. I'm Shannon Myers. And I'm Harold Phillips. And before we get started, we always want to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guest unions, or their employers, not even their fire hydrants. Nobody but themselves. They're fire hydrants. That's a new one. You know what? Fire hydrants have opinions, and if they're not working, that opinion is very bad. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. We want the fire hydrants to be very happy so they work when they need to. And that actually brings up a good point, Shannon. How was your 4th of July? You know, my 4th of July was a little bit crazy. I actually live in the county, Clark County, and fireworks are still legal in the Clark County area. Uh, I don't set off fireworks anymore just because I have had some really bad experiences over the last, I don't know, five years. I almost like burnt down my neighbor's house once with a firecracker that went into their window. So, you know, it's just kind of scary. And then when you put in alcohol, whoo! That's craziness. So what we did is we actually climbed on our roof and watched the craziness, which is Clark County on the 4th of July. While it is beautiful, uh, I guarantee you our guests and sponsors, that's a nightmare of an evening for them. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of feel bad about telling people that my neighborhood in Clark County was a war zone because, you know, there are people who are actually living in war zones right now but it was insane with explosions going off every few seconds until well after midnight my dogs were not happy the folks i really felt bad for though were the firefighters i live a couple blocks away from a fire station and i heard those engines running all night long yes the fourth of july is a pretty hard night not only for our firefighter siblings but you know, also for a lot of our veterans and the firefighters, they have a tough job already. So the 4th of July is just all hands on deck. And what would we do without them? We've actually got somebody with us today who can tell us just what our local firefighters here in Southwest Washington go through every day, not just on the 4th of July. Kevin Hart, who's the political director for Vancouver Firefighters, IIF 452, and also a firefighter for the city of Vancouver himself. And just for the record, he's not that Kevin Hart. He's a funny guy, but he's not that one. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Thank you for having me on the show today. Much appreciated. I'm going to guess you hear that Kevin Hart thing a couple times an hour or something, right? I may have heard it a time or two. Uh, it's always interesting, especially in hotel reservations, to show up and, you know, see the uh, faces of disappointment when they get to see me. <laughs> 
So, Kevin, I got to ask, how was your 4th of July? My 4th of July was pretty low key. My wife and I spent it at home. But I can tell you that my brothers and sisters at the Vancouver Fire Department, Clark County Fire District 6 and North Country MS, were extremely busy that night. I believe there was like a total of seven working structure fires, uh, additional you know, grass brush fires and related medical emergencies. So the 4th of July, as Shannon said, is always an all hands on deck scenario for us. Now, you mentioned a district. What is that? What is the uh, district that Vancouver is in versus other places in Clark County? Yes. So um, the city of Vancouver proper, it has its own fire department. It itself is technically not a fire district. As you move outside of the city limits, you have fire districts, which are their own taxing entity. And that is actually how they fund those fire departments. Like Clark County Fire District 6 and Clark County Fire District 5. So how many districts are there? There's a handful of them. Fire District 5, 6, Clark Cowlitz Fire Rescue, Fire District 10, and I believe 13. And I'm probably missing a couple, but um, that pretty much wraps it up. There are some other uh, city fire departments, obviously, like Camas and Washougal. Some of the other cities, like the city battleground contracts with Clark County Fire District 3 and Richfield, uh, I believe, with Clark and Cowlitz Fire Rescue. It's really, I think, confusing for the people to totally understand the layout. All they know is when they call 911, that bright red fire engine shows up with three to four professionals there ready to help them in their emergency. Well, that's what's important to the people who are calling 911. But to you folks as firefighters, it can be an interesting thing too, figuring out which jurisdiction you're in, right? Yeah, for the most part, when somebody calls 911, it really makes no difference which jurisdiction you're in. The 911 system utilizes a GPS dispatching system. So whichever unit, no matter what fire district or city you live in, uh, it recognizes the closest fire apparatus and sends them to your emergency. So you're saying that you actually have a GPS system. So when I call in and my zip code is 98684, they would probably contact Clark County District 5 for me? Or, I mean, how does that work? I mean, that's a lot of technology. There is a tremendous amount of technology there. It actually is more defined than your zip code. It literally uses your physical address that you're calling from. So when you're asked, you know, what is your address when you call 911, that is entered into the system. And it will even recognize pieces of fire equipment, fire engine, or a ladder truck if they are on the road, um, which one's closest to you, and will automatically dispatch it. Because as we know, seconds matter when you call 911. Wow, that is pretty incredible, Kevin. So as a working firefighter in Vancouver, Washington, what is your daily life like? I think we see a lot of depictions on television about what a firefighter's life is like. You're making chili in the break room, you're sliding down poles, right? You know, it's interesting because our, our uh, daily life as firefighters when we're at work, it's really not very well known. Um, we work a 24-hour shift. We work from 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. My brothers and sisters at Clark County Fire District 6, they work a 24-hour shift. They work from 8 to 8. You know, we show up in the morning, we find out information from the offgoing crews, what they experienced the day before, how the equipment's working. And then generally speaking, our first hour of the day is checking off the equipment, making sure that we're ready for your emergency. And then the day is pretty much made up of a lot of training, maintenance on the equipment. Uh, we have 
time set aside for physical fitness because it's important that we have the ability to do our jobs physically. And then you'll occasionally see us at the uh, grocery store. We do shop for dinner together. We appreciate the ability to do that. It provides a lot of camaraderie. It gets us a chance to see you in the community, right? It gets us out of the fire station. Love that you guys go shopping out in the community. I see you guys at the Union Fred Meyer stores all the time. I pull in, there's the fire truck, and I'm like, yeah, I get excited too. Everybody loves the firefighters. Everybody loves a fire truck. Our workday kind of starts to wind down around 5 p.m., so we make dinner together, wrap up any um, reports that we need to do in the evening, and then, uh, you know, the nights are not boring in the fire service. A 24-hour shift, that's crazy. I think a lot of people listening to this, they may work 8 hours, 10 hours, sometimes even 12 hours, but to have a standard 24-hour shift? It can be a lot, right? A lot depends on how busy it is. The Vancouver Fire Department and Clark County Fire District 6, we're very busy fire departments. It is um, difficult on our families. You can imagine leaving, especially if you got young kids for 24 hours. It's stressful for them, but it's a commitment that we make to our residents. And you never know what time people are going to call 911. And utilizing the 24-hour shift system, it actually allows the employers to provide the service with the fewest number of people. So do you have like one day on, one day off? Do you sometimes work three or four days in a row? We have several different bargaining units within the Vancouver Firefighters Union, Local 452. My brothers and sisters at Clark County Fire District 6, their shift is 24 hours on, 48 hours off. And then in lieu of working overtime, they get an occasional shift off called a Kelly day to lower your uh, average hours of work in a work week. Within the city of Vancouver, we have a unique schedule to the Portland metro area. We call it a D shift. So we work 24 hours on, 48 hours off, 24 hours on, 96 hours off. And then we have to come in and work an additional 13 shifts throughout the year to make the average hours work out contractually. This brings up something that I think a lot of people wonder about when it comes to firefighters. Why do you folks have unions? We think of firefighters as public servants who wear uniforms and we dial 911 and they show up to take care of things. But how important is it that you have a union in your workplace? Well, it is equally as important as my brothers and sisters in the other trade unions. The firefighters union looks after the wages, hours, working conditions and safety of their members. We collectively bargain, uh, something that is a little bit different for us than our brothers and sisters in different unions is we do not have the ability to strike. RCW 4156 prevents us from striking because we need to provide vital emergency services. But with that, what we do get is the arbitration system in the state of Washington. So if we cannot meet agreement on something, uh, independent third party makes the decision for us. Well, you know what? Everybody loves firefighters, and that's including the labor movement. And that's why the firefighters and the rest of the labor movement work in solidarity on all working people's issues. So thank you so much, firefighters, for being a part of our family. And that's why we have you here is because we have your back on something that's coming up here in Clark County that we need to support you and our firefighter siblings on. And those are the levies. So, Kevin, we have two levies that are coming up in the Clark County area. But wait a minute. Hold on, Shannon. Didn't we just vote on fire levies like 
last week. I mean, it seems like we've just voted on this. Kevin, why are we voting on new levies? Kind of how I had mentioned before, how there's the city of Vancouver and other uh, cities within Clark County. Those fire districts, uh, their lifeblood to their operation is the fire levies. The most recent one that I think most of us are familiar with is Proposition 2 within the city of Vancouver. The city of Vancouver asked the residents to support a 50 cent per thousand assessed valuation levy in February. And they so graciously approved that. And it's making incredible improvements within the city of Vancouver. You know, we're getting additional fire station, seismic upgrades to our remaining stations, adding a ladder truck, um, three rescue vehicles. We're looking at almost a total of 60 new firefighters coming to the city of Vancouver to really keep up with growth. That's 60 union jobs and good living wage jobs. And as you know, Vancouver firefighters are pretty active in the labor movement. And we really reached out to a lot of the folks and they bent over backwards for us, helping us get that passed. And uh, we value our relationship with the other unions. I know you've seen us walk in the uh, picket lines with you and we're committed. Yeah, but Kevin, we already had a vote to give the fire department more money. Now, why do we have another vote? And what is this thing called a levy lid that's being gotten rid of? Yeah, so there's two primary levies, Clark County Fire District 6's EMS levy renewal and Clark County Fire District 5's fire levy lid lift. The two of them are drastically different. We have the Clark County Fire District 5 fire levy lid lift that is an ask for voters to contribute more money because Fire District 5 contracts its service out to the city of Vancouver. And they owe a proportional amount of money to the city of Vancouver because of that increase in service, right? The adding of the fire station and extra people and so forth. So to do that without them having to go into a deficit, they need to increase their levy amount. Now over at Clark County Fire District 6, theirs is much different. They have a uh, EMS levy renewal, and this is an actual renewal levy. On December 31 of 2022, that levy is going to expire. And what does that mean? There's no more money coming in from that. And that levy funds 24 of the 70 union firefighter positions that provides your emergency medical service when you call 911. And what area is District 6 serving? Clark County Fire District 6 serves about 70,000 people in the Hazeldell, Salmon Creek, Lakeshore, Philida, Mount Vista, and Fairgrounds neighborhoods. So that's about 36 and a half square miles that they cover. But a lot of people in those 36 square miles. So this sounds pretty important. It is extremely important. You know, we know what's going on in the county. It's grown like crazy. And uh, when that growth occurs the levy rate actually starts to go down because it can only increase 1% a year. So while the call volume goes up, the funding goes down. Everybody always seems to think that a levy means an increase. You're asking for more money. You're not actually asking for more money in this levy. You are just telling people, hey, here's the services that we're providing. And if you want to continue these services, let's just maintain this dollar amount to pay for those services. So it's not going to be an increase. It's just going to be like a renewal, right? That's absolutely correct. It is a levy renewal and it renews for six years. So the last time voters had an opportunity to vote on this was six years ago. So make note, if you're in district six, this is not an increase. Just vote to keep your firefighter stations whole. 
on the lid lift. I'm still a little confused. And, you know, if I'm confused, we know that everybody else is confused probably as well. If Clark County District 5 has to go and borrow firefighters from Vancouver, why don't they just hire more firefighters? And what is this sharing thing all about and money transferring? That's a little confusing. Uh, yeah, Shannon, it is a little confusing. In 1994, there was a lot of annexations to East Vancouver, right? Cascade Park, Fisher's Landing area. When the city of Vancouver did that, they took in a lot of the taxing pieces like the businesses and the residents of the area. And by the city assuming the value of those properties, it dramatically was lowering the amount of funds that Clark County Fire District 5 was going to be able to use to provide their emergency services. And so the city of Vancouver and the fire commissioners of Clark County Fire District 5 entered into an agreement that the city of Vancouver would contractually provide services to Fire District 5. And it's been a wonderful partnership since then. The residents of Clark County Fire District 5 get a service that they would be unable to put together if they were a standalone fire district. That tax back in 1994 was $1.50 per $1,000 of assessed valuation. And because of this 1% piece we talk about and the overall assessed valuation, that levy rate today is at a dollar and a penny. And so the Board of Fire Commissioners is asking for that amount collected to be increased and to be raised 24 cents up to $1.25. So wait, it's not even going up to its original level of $1.50? Right. So there's more residents there now, so they can actually tax at a little bit lower rate. You know, there's a lot of efficiencies provided between the two departments, between the fire district and the city of Vancouver. So the administrative oversight. Um, the requirement of $1.50 just isn't needed. And it's important to note that these fire districts, neither one of them are asking for the maximum amount. They recognize the times that we're in right now and the struggles everyone is going through. Isn't there another thing on the ballot this time around that funds public safety? Uh, Proposition 11, I think it is. Proposition 11 was brought to us by the Clark County Council to pay for their uh, police officers body cam program. While it's being sold as a public safety sales tax, none of that money would be seen in your fire department. And actually, those body cameras at the Clark County Sheriff's Office are being purchased with the COVID ARPA funds. And then the sales tax is going to pay for the ongoing maintenance and folks that they have to hire to maintain that body camera footage. So, Kevin, this sounds pretty important. When is the actual vote on these levies? Ballots are going to start arriving on July 15th in the mail, with the election day being August 2nd. The thing that I really want to remind my brothers and sisters out there and all the voters is this is a mail-in ballot system. I hope that you would vote in favor of the fire levy that's on there. There's no postage required to get it returned, so drop it in the mail. And uh, like I said, these fire district levies are the lifeblood of your 911 system for your fire districts. I know a lot of voters can stay away from primaries if they feel like they don't know the candidates. It's still important for them to actually open up their ballot and fill out at least this part of the ballot, correct? Do they have to fill out the whole ballot? Harold, you're absolutely correct. As union members and as residents of our communities, it's important that we're involved politically, right? This is how our tax dollars are spent. And a lot of that has to do with whom and which we vote for. 
But yes, primary elections are often really confusing because there are so many candidates. And we're seeing it this go around. You literally do not have to vote for anything but the fire district piece or one given candidate and just submit it because uh, your vote counts. And boy, do we need it right now, especially you folks up in Clark County Fire District 6. Please, please, please approve this levy. You know, as I mentioned before, 24 of 70 firefighters available to respond to your emergencies are funded by this. It will have an effect if it was not to pass. I have to ask, if it doesn't pass, what kind of effects would we be looking at? Well, I, I don't even like thinking about what's going to happen if it doesn't pass. That's why we're putting a tremendous amount of effort into it. You see our signs, we've got mailers, we've been out door knocking. But the reality is, is that the fire district is going to have to start spending some reserve funds. And those reserve funds are already slated for other items, building a new fire station, a ladder truck, et cetera. So it's not like maybe our savings accounts that you know we don't have specific stuff planned for right away. Their reserve funds actually do have a plan for them. The unique thing about Fire District 6 is they pay for their debts in a cash type system like you and I do, right? They do an outstanding job of planning and reserving money so they're not having to borrow money from their constituents, the taxpayer. So if those funds get down low enough, we're looking at, uh, at layoffs. And you're saying that 24 of those professionals are supported by these dollars. So just imagine there are now, gosh, that comes out to 25% or 30% that you are now no longer having to address the calls from that county. Think about that, community members. Think about making a 911 call. You need a firefighter. You need assistance. And they say, I'm sorry, we don't have anybody on shift for you tonight. Pretty scary. Vote for the levy. So, Kevin, where can people find out more about these levies? They can go to their uh, respective fire districts webpage. For Clark County Fire District 6, it's www.ccfb6.org. And for those folks that live in Clark County Fire District 5, it's www.ccfd5.org. Well, we're coming to the end of it, Kevin, but is there anything else you want the listeners to know in parting? There is a couple other things. You know, obviously I'm here to ask for your yes vote on these vital levies. But the other thing that I'd like the other trade unions out there to know is that both of these fire departments utilize the um, JATC apprenticeship program. And there's a unique piece within the city of Vancouver. A lot of folks think that uh, I have to have my EMTB to become a firefighter. Well, since the city of Vancouver went to the apprenticeship program, anybody that's 21 years or older can sign up, take the uh, civil service test. And if you do well enough on it, you'll actually be sent out to get the training to become an EMTB. And for those folks in Clark County Fire District 6, they do require you to have an EMTB certification to take the test. But the unique thing about them, if you have a desire to become a paramedic, which is a higher level of EMS service, through that apprenticeship program and their labor contract, the employer helps you achieve that. The fire service needs trade unionists in it. It's a very uh, hands-on, mechanical style type of work. And we could use folks, not trying to steal people from other locals, but if you've ever had a chance, now's your time.
Okay, so that brings up a question because we have a lot of young people that, you know, all they hear in high school is college, 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 right? How do they find out this kind of information? How do they find out about the apprenticeship and how they can possibly be a firefighter? Well, you can always stop by your neighborhood fire station. We all know how to uh, get into the fire service. But the best thing is reaching out to the fire administration. Or there's a company that does third-party testing. It's called publicsafetytesting.com. And if you log on to there, you can see across the state of Washington and Oregon, which departments will be testing. It's a general aptitude test, followed up by a physical ability test, oral interview. And then when you're given a job offer, there's a background and medical check that you have to go through. And then going through an academy for a while, teaching you how to be a firefighter. And then when somebody calls 911, you're available to uh, take care of their emergency. And hopefully your department is fully funded by a levy, so you don't have to worry about your job. That's correct, Harold. I'll say it probably a third time here. It's the lifeblood of the fire departments. You know, one thing that I did miss about Clark County Fire District 5 is they have a unique piece that they provide to the residents of all of Clark County. They have their training education center, and many folks in the trades probably have been to their location to get your CPR first aid training. They also offer uh, wilderness first aid classes, flagging certificates, training on uh, confined space, trench and shoring fire extinguisher usage, and then even for our elderly community, some fall protection training. So they provide a lot of other public services just in your 911 emergencies. Well, it just goes to show what a vital part of our community our fire service is. Thank you so much for sharing that information. Kevin Hart, professional firefighter for the City of Vancouver and political director for IAFF Local 452. Thank you, Shannon and Harold, for having us on the show today. Uh, It's a real honor to be on here, and I'm an avid listener, and I appreciate everything that the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council does for us. We're in this with our brothers and sisters in the trade unions, and together, we're much, much stronger. Thanks for having me. And thank you, working people, for joining us on another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by Vancouver Firefighters. IAFF Local 452. Find out more about the District 5 Levy Lid Lift at ccfd5.org and find out more about the District 6 Levy Renewal at ccfd6.org. And then make sure to vote. Our firefighters need our support. And of course, we need our firefighters. You are so right, Shannon. And hey, folks, make sure you're registered to vote on these important issues. And in the upcoming primary election on August 2nd, too, visit the Secretary of State's website at voter.votewa.gov. You know, people talk about voting like it's an individual thing. Make your voice heard, right? It is. But voting is also about watching out for each other. We vote not to just look out for our own interests, but to look out for the other people in our communities, too. Looking out for other people is why unions exist. Like I keep saying on this show, when you are a union member, you're never alone. That's why the firefighters have unions, so they can look out for each other. That's why the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council supports those firefighters unions and all unions because we're looking out for all working people in our area. And that's why this podcast, of course, was recorded under a SAG 
AFTRA collective bargaining agreement because we're looking out for every working person, whether they're a firefighter or a podcaster. I'm not going to pretend that what I do is nearly as dangerous or important as what our firefighters, brothers, sisters, and siblings do. But it's always good to know that the other working people in my area have my back. And that's what working under a union contract does for you. Remember, working people, this is your show. We want to know what you want to hear on it. Email us at podcast at swwaclc.org. Or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SWWACLC. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Pass this link on to your friends, family, and neighbors. Let them know about the levies. Educate our community. And while you're at it, give us five stars or pet the Dalmatian or whatever your podcast platform of choice gives you to. Let people know you like what we're doing here. One last thing, folks. Like Kevin was saying before, people don't really know what firefighters do on a daily basis. Yeah, we may think we know. We see the shows on TV. If we ever have to call 911, we may meet some people in the fire service. But really, we don't know what they do every day. And I think that's true for a lot of different jobs. It doesn't matter whether you work in an office or a coffee shop or a warehouse. People may think they know what you do every day, but they don't really know because they're not there with you eight hours a day or 12 hours a day or 24 hours a day. The only people who really know what you go through on the job are your fellow employees, the people who are right there with you. And you know what they're going through on the job. So when you see something at work that you think you might need to change that could be better, talk to your fellow employees. Talk about that issue. Talk about how you can make that change. That's how you get things done. And that's the basis of what we do in the labor movement. Employees coming together to make change. I'm going to end this show with two words. Go vote. You need to vote. You need to support your community services. And even though you don't know what your firefighters do every day, when you call 911, you're really happy that they're there. And if you still want that service, we need to support that service. How do we support that service? With our tax dollars, with supporting our levies, with funding those services that even though you might not use or have never used, others in your community have, and who knows if you'll need them in the future. So that's what we mean by voting for your community, not as an individual. Because within our communities, we all have different needs. And just because we may not need that service, or we may not have kids in school, there are still children that need to be educated and there are still fire departments that need to be funded. So please vote, vote yes on your levies and support our community services. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about fixing an issue at work or fixing an issue in your community. The way you fix it is to do it together. We'll see you soon. Bye.